Hey, how you doing, folks? This is GOK number 25. I want to tell you about Spain. I got to go to Spain over Thanksgiving. It's pretty cool. Um, I got on a plane, but before I did that, I had to try to scan my passport. Um, that's apparently how you check in on an international flight. I didn't know this. Um, so I start to open up my passport and I scan the cover like it tells me to. I keep scanning and keep scanning at self-check-in. Nobody's going to help me. Uh, scanning and scanning. I tell you, five minutes later, I finally realized that they didn't want you to scan the cover. They wanted you to scan the cover in the first page. Apparently, there's an RFD tag in there. So I, I finally figured out how to swipe that joker. Got my ticket printed out. Got my bags checked in. And uh, got on my, my first flight. I left from Tampa. Flew down to Miami. And got, and then I had to run. I had to run so far. I ran so far away, uh, all the way across the dumb uh, airport with an hour. You know, had to go through security again. Um, you know, after all the hullabaloo about those full body scanners, I went through security maybe eight times. Never had to use one of those. Uh, got on the got on a Spanish flight. Okay, out of Miami, it was. Uh, Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the airline. Uh, I, oh, I can't remember. But it was hot on the plane. I imagine they're trying to save money by not using their air conditioning, but it was hot. It was stinking hot. And uh, I never talked to anybody. I'm not real talkative in real life. Uh, but uh, I was very surprised because they gave us food. I, I had two meals. I had movies playing. I had my iPod, my iPod Touch, my iPad. I was watching Doctor Who. Um, it's weird when you have an iPad, you feel like everybody's watching your TV show. And so you don't want to watch anything that might be questionable. Because what if they look over and there's two people macking on your screen? They're going to think you're watching porn. And I don't want people to think that. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. Um, not because it's any of their business and not because I'm worried about my witness so much because, you know, I, 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 I don't think I have anything to worry about there. I just don't want to get in trouble and have to explain anything. Um, you'll understand that in just a little bit, why I'm worried about getting in trouble all the time. Or or how it works for me, rather. So anyway, we get there. I mean, eight-hour flight. And it is, when I land, I want to say it's like 12, maybe 11 o'clock midnight or 11 o'clock p.m. to me. But for everybody else, it's 8.30 in the morning. So I land in Spain and it's morning. So I've been on a plane since 10, you know, 4 o'clock my time till, you know, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. No, it was midnight, I guess. So, you know, I've been on a plane 9 hours plus and it's 8.30 in the morning, 9.30 in the morning. Um, I stumble over to baggage claim. Long story short, my bags are not coming out. I wait. I watch the turnstile go round and round and round. And it stops. And this Spanish lady starts talking to me in Spanish. And I say, no comprendo, no habla espanol. <laughs> and she apologizes because her bag, one of them at least, didn't come out. So I kind of watch what she's doing. She goes over to customs, which is just some people standing there. It's not nearly what it was on the state side. And I go over and uh, find a customer service desk 
where thankfully they speak English. This is my first time ever overseas and I've lost my bags. I only brought two and a, and a laptop on my back. Uh, one of them was my clothes and all of the ministry props that I was going to use because that's why I went to Spain, by the way. I don't know that I mentioned that. It was a ministry trip. I was going to be ministering to missionaries. So I was a missionary to missionaries. It's going to be ministering to missionary kids, eight of them to be exact. One of them five and, and a boy. The rest of them were like eight to 12 and they were all girls, little girls. They were awesome. But I had all my ministry uh, props and my clothes and my toiletries in one bag. And the other bag was full of Christmas stuff for the missionaries, specifically one missionary that I was staying with. The grandparents had sent gifts for the kids and uh, certain requests. I mean, it was so, so humbling because they asked us, could you bring us a can of Pam, just nonstick cooking spray? I'm like, oh, Lord, yes, I'll send you a case of it. Of course, you can't ship a case and you can't carry a case over. But, uh, you know, we got them candy canes. They can't get candy canes for Christmas for their kids. Um, we, we, you know, just uh, toaster pastries. Can't get them. They love them. Can't get them over there. So it's very humbling. It really showed you. Well, I'm torn up, not because I don't want my clothes. I'm torn up because we packed all this stuff for them. We were, you know, I was really looking forward to my version of Christmas, giving them these things from their family. And it was gone. So uh, I go in and talk to the guy. And he says, I don't know where your bags are. I do not know. That is the bad news. The good news is it may turn up. And we will call you and bring your bags to you. And he was very suave. Very cool. Very, you know, just Spanish looking dude. It was awesome. It was like a Rio Montoya. You killed my father. Be better to die. Except he was saying, I will call you with your bags. And I was like, wow, if I was a chick, I would ask you out. But anyway, so I find, you know, I don't know what to do. Do I leave? You know, I haven't done anything. I knew the missionary was probably waiting for me out there. So I finally, I just leave. I go out there and he's standing there. And I don't, I, I realize he doesn't know me. I don't know him. Pictures that we saw of each other on Facebook, but it was him. Um, first thing I notice as we go down, well, I told him, you know, with almost tears in my eyes that the bags have been lost. He tells me, oh, no big deal. That happens all the time. I'm like, oh. Whew. So uh, first thing I noticed, though, is he stops by this this box. Uh, it looks like an ATM. He puts his card in. He doesn't take money out, though. He gets a receipt. And, and that's how you pay for parking over there, apparently. There's no body at a turnstile. You have to pay at a machine. We go down to the parking garage, get in the car, and we're talking about that. And um, he says, you see that car over there? That's been here for at least three years. And sure enough, there was this dusty, nasty little car that was just sitting there, not even parked straight. And I'm like, man, in America, we'd have had that sucker gone, you know, in a couple of days. Been sitting there for three years. I was thinking about the library books that people don't take back to the library because the fines would be too high. Uh, this person probably doesn't want to come back and claim their car because they owe several thousand dollars in parking more than the car is worth. So, um, the next thing I notice is that the wheels on the cars are on the right or on the left side, like they're supposed to be. And I mentioned that and he's like, yeah, that's just the UK. Well, I'm stupid. I'm American. I don't know anything, but I was very surprised. And, uh, we start to pull out of the airport and, you know, into traffic. And of course, you know, they drive, 
like we do. They have stop signs like we do. They, the only difference is they have what they call rotundas, roundabouts. And the place that I'd seen them most was in Washington, D.C. But, man, this is how they live their life. They have rotundas everywhere. Uh, very few traffic lights. There are, you know, they're there. But we were in Madrid, Spain, and uh, the rotundas are insane, though. It's, I'm trying to, you know, have you ever played the game Mousetrap? Where the marble goes back and forth and back and forth and drops down to this and then it throws this in the thing and the thing drops and all that. That's kind of like driving in Spain. Sometimes you have to go so far out of your way through three or four rotundas to get back to the, instead of a simple off ramp or just stopping at a stoplight and crossing the street, you gotta, you know, yes, you keep moving the entire time, but man, you go way weird ways to get where you're supposed to go. Also noticed as we went through the city, tons of graffiti everywhere. Um, you know, obviously in America, we would cover it up or try not to have it at all. It was really nice stuff. It wasn't just the simple tags that I'd gotten used to seeing in Kansas City. It was really good stuff, but it was everywhere. And then uh, we go out of the main city, and he starts to tell me about how the houses are there, that um, people don't live in standalone homes, really. I mean, there are a few, but most everybody lives in what we would call townhomes. They're called pisos, or they live in apartments, which are apartments, but they call them something else. I don't remember. But, uh, and he lives in, you know, this piso, this townhome. It's four levels high. It's crazy. Lots of space, but yeah, it's all packed together like townhomes side by side. And a really nice place. I was glad to have gotten there. And, um, I don't have any clothes. I smell, I can tell it's already been a full day for me, you know, and they're going to make me stay up because they want me to get my nights and days squared away because I don't have time to fart around with it. I need to get my stuff together so I can minister. And so, man, that first day I was dead. We had to go get clothes for me. I went to a place called pie something pie Mart. It's like cheaper than old Navy clothes. I bought a couple t-shirts for three bucks. I bought some socks. I bought some really stripy underwear. Very, very European. Um, and I did not buy any pants. I just wore the ones I had. I got some uh, $5 deodorant because every deodorant in Spain is roll-on except for Dove. And that was the only kind that had a stick. I didn't even know they made roll-on anymore. When's the last time you saw roll-on anywhere? Well, the missionaries tell me that Spaniards don't stink, so they don't really use deodorant. And um, so, yeah, I wasn't a roll-on fan, but I got this cake deodorant. They don't have bars of soap either. They have everything. Guys and girls use the liquid stuff. So they told me they had a bar of soap I could use. I got a toothbrush for a couple of euro and some toothpaste. And I was set. At least I could clean up, you know. I didn't have any hair gel. Didn't have any hairspray. Didn't have, you know, a change of pants. But I had socks, a couple of t-shirts, and some skivvies. I was going to be okay. So they take me to the grocery store and I start smelling this nasty smell. He says, come on over here. This is the smell of Spain. And I go over and I see what can only be described as a lot of pig legs from the hip, the butt, all the way down to the toe. And they look like they've been dipped in several coats of paraffin wax. And I asked him that. Are they coated in wax? He says, no, they're cured somehow. I don't know exactly how. It usually involves salt. But he says, people buy these and they can be up to 200, 300 bucks each. 
equivalent. Of course, they use euros. And they even have a special stand that they'll stand it up on and they'll shave off bits of it and eat it. And he says it's the nastiest thing in the world. He says it's because it's traditional because the, Spain used to be occupied for you know 400 years by the Muslims. And when the Muslims uh, were kicked out, obviously it became a Christian nation. The Roman Catholic Church came in, blah, blah, blah. Um, that was one of the ways you proved you weren't Muslim is they would make you eat this ham. It's like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Smelled so gross, though. What a vomit. I don't even, can't even describe how it smelled. It just smelled like rotten pit pork. The whole area smelled like it. So, um, uh, one of the other things I noticed is that their parking spaces are insanely small. Like, barely room to open your door and get out. And people would say, well, that's because they have smaller cars. Well, in truth, they really don't. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, SUVs rolling around, but, you know, the equivalent of a four-door Honda um, and, and, uh, or a midsize, uh, you know, I saw Toyotas, I saw uh, Mercedes, um, you know, minivans galore. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, their trucks aren't as big. I didn't see any semi-trucks that I could think of. A lot of delivery-sized trucks. But uh, even so, even so, those parking spots were so, so, so small. And uh, people just park everywhere. It's crazy. I went into the equivalent of a Best Buy. It's a German company called something Mart. I can't remember. They had a wall of televisions and all that kind of stuff. They had Mac products. They have video games. Um, their plugs are so weird, though. They have these giant plugs. It's a 210 current. They have these two spikes that comes out of a big round plug-in. All the plug-ins are huge. And I don't know the reason for that. But their power strips are massive. Their night lights are massive because they have to fit in these holes in the wall. Uh, you, you just need to look up a picture of a European power outlet and you'll see what I'm talking about. But uh, they had Black Ops over there. They had all the video games and stuff that we do. They even had, all, like I said, all the Mac products sitting out, uh, iPads, a MacBook Air. As a matter of fact, I took a picture of it because they were just sitting out on shelves. They weren't behind anything. They weren't hidden they weren't you know a salesman wasn't going to go and get you one they were just sitting out six deep uh macbook pro mac air you know the air mac or whatever they call it all the ipads just sitting out with the security bands on them so that was kind of fun um meanwhile um it, it the day just drug on and on and on i was dying I was so sleepy I finally got to go to bed at like eight o'clock that night which was i don't even know what time in the morning for me the next day I slept like a baby it was freezing cold the desert that's where Madrid is it's hot during the day or at least mildly it was in the 50s um, most of the time it got down in the 30s uh, but I didn't have a jacket I didn't have any layers or anything first day I was fine second day freezing um, let's see the second day it was it was uh it was the day for ministry. So we set up my room. I, we ended up uh, doing ministry in a, in a school, uh, an American school, American Christian school in, um, car, car, Oh man, I can't remember the name of the dump. Kamarma, 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 uh, it was a city. It's called Evangel. And I ended up setting up in a fourth grade class and they had a projector in the class. It was pretty cool. Um, I was able to hook my laptop up to it. They had a little 
uh, sound system for me to use, which was neat. And you'd say, well, that's overkill for eight kids. Nah, but it's not. We set up a puppet stage, but all of my props, all of my teaching supplies, all my puppets that I had made, because I made, you know, these flat puppets, uh, were gone still. Meanwhile, the missionary helpers are calling like mad, trying to find my bags. They said they don't even know where they are. They think they're still in America, which is good. At least it wasn't lost between here and Miami. Um, long story short, uh, they, they call later that day saying, Oh, it'll be here between seven, four and seven tonight. Well, my first session with the kids starts at four. And so we were all going to be busy. They decide, Hey, let's go pick up the stuff. They picked it up. They got it back to me just in time. I was able to shower and change. I was able to get all the stuff that I needed, even though I had recreated most of it the night before, it was definitely a very ghettoized version of the stuff that I really wanted. I had printed some giant hello, my name is tags that were going to be really cute and really fun. I had brought some flat pack puppets that I'd created. I recreated him. I'm actually holding him in my hands right now, but man, he's scary looking. He looks like an ogre compared to the cute version that I had in my backpack. I had brought candy from America. American candy is a hit. I brought sour Skittles, airheads, things like that, that they don't get over there. So it was really a blessing. I had a feeling that all that stuff was going to come in. Um, not because I'm all that, not because of my prayers necessarily, even though I know those help. I believed that they were going to come in because God wanted those kids to have an amazing time. These are people whose parents have sacrificed everything to move overseas, given up everything they have, their family, things like toaster pastries, which don't sound like a big deal, but it is. And they had, uh, they're living out the Great Commission in a real way. And so I knew somehow in the back of my mind all of it was going to work out, and it did. So uh, the the trick was that we had two two-hour services in a row. I've never done that before. I've done kids' camps where you have a two-hour service each night. You break it up into segments. It seems to go by very fast. The kids don't even realize they've been sitting there for two hours. It's awesome. But this one was two in a row. Two-hour session, 30-minute break, another two-hour session. Long story short, after we had done the first session, which was awesome, the kids were great. We just seemed to be hitting on you know all cylinders. I told them we were almost done. They say, oh, and they complain. <laughs> Only time I heard them complain. And then I say, but we're going to take a break and we're going to come back, back and do it all again. And they cheered, all of them. Oh, it was such an awesome thing. I had a, a couple of helpers, actually three, from Honduras. They spoke very little English. Two of them, not at all. One of them named Leo. He spoke a little bit, just enough. And they were able to help me. They they sat with the kids. They helped me do worship. I taught them some songs real quick with the motions. They did a puppet uh, show. They did a couple of uh, dramas. They did some dances to some music here and there throughout the service. It was really, really cool and very helpful. And uh, hats off to Rachel, who was uh, one of the missionaries' daughters, who works with them. And she was my interpreter. It was very nice to have that. Um, but they were very, very cool. Very cool kids. One's name was Jennifer, another Elizabeth, another Leo. They're very helpful. Very cool. I will miss them. Um, I actually ended up, Leo told me he on the last day he loves puppets. And he wanted to learn how to make them like I did with the paper and the stuff. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, you can go to helpomachildrenspastor.com. Look up puppets and you'll see the puppets that I make out of office supplies. And uh, he wanted to know how to make them, so I, I showed him real quick, and then I gave him the puppets that I'd brought. 
All of us thrilled. It was awesome. Um, but during the second service, okay, after our break, during the second service, I I wanted to brag on them, and it came up in the service that about the Great Commission and how their parents, you know, people in America can talk about the Great Commission, but these guys had their parents were doing it, you know, and these kids were here and they were my heroes, and that's the way I always pitch them when I'm in America. I says I tell my kids you're heroes because you are, because you've given up so much, and and these kids love to talk, and there was only eight of them, so they'd talk back to me during the service. It was really cool. When I was like, yeah, yeah, we. You know, I've given up this, that, and the other, and I miss Lucky Charms, and I miss Dr. Pepper, and the five-year-old boy says, I miss Cheese Puffs, and all the kids went, yeah, so apparently Cheese Puffs was a big deal. Man, I wish I'd brought some. But then the 12-year-old looks up at me with a look that I'd seen in all of the kids' eyes, behind their eyes, kind of sort of a determination, but she looked at me, and she said, like speaking for all of them, she says, you know, we miss these things, but we don't need them. She says, what we love is that we get to be with our parents and support them and help them. We get to learn another language and another culture. And so we're really lucky. And all of them kind of nodded their heads. And I realized that I was in a group of very special young people. Some of the most unspoiled kids I'd ever seen in my life. And at that moment, I also realized that I was being ministered to much more than I was ever going to minister to them. So anyway, that second service finishes up. Kids are thrilled. Parents are thrilled. Missionaries thrilled. We go um, to an indoor um, of all things in, in uh, Madrid. They have an indoor at a mall. <laughs> I'm going to say it again at a mall indoor uh, skiing slope. Um, I'd seen such things uh, from Dubai you know, in another country, but I didn't know they had one in Madrid. So we went and went tubing, you know, snow tubing down this little slope. They had three lanes. They make you wear boots and pants and hats and a helmet. And I'm glad I wore that helmet because my first time down, I went really, really fast. And at the end of the run, they have a ramp that kind of goes up. And the idea, I guess, is that you go up the ramp and if you hit it, you'd slide back down to a stop. Well, I didn't hit it. The right way. I was going backwards and I went up that ramp and slammed back and head into this sheer ice wall and it rattled me. But man, if I had, if I hadn't had a helmet, I'd have been in the hospital. There's no doubt there'd have been blood on that wall. So from then on, I took the, the middle path, which was a good 10 foot longer <laughs> than the other two. And I still went up the ramp, but I didn't hit like I did time before. So we did that for a while and walked around the mall. We went to a McDonald's. McDonald's is weird in Spain. You don't order by number. They don't have groups of food. You order in steps. Step one is your main course, whether it's a hamburger or cheeseburger or whatever. They have weird names for all of them. Then you pick your side, fries or or deluxe fries or potato wedges. You can get potato wedges at McDonald's in Spain. Then you get your drink. And you're on your way. Uh, For Happy Meals, you choose your main, your side, um, your drink, and then your dessert. So there's four steps. And dessert can be uh, a Kinder Surpresa, which is a chocolate egg with a prize inside. It can be a little bit of ice cream. It can be, you know, several other different things. I don't know. So I got to eat McDonald's in Spain. It's the only good hamburger in Spain from what I hear. Um, And what else? 
just some random stuff. Uh, their toilets um, don't have any water in the tank, you know, like in the bowl. It's just a little bit at the bottom. So that was weird. To flush them, there's no handle on the side. You have to reach up in the center of the upper lid is where the button is. So there is no putting things on the back of your toilet there. The shutoff valves, you know, that we're used to seeing under our sink and down near the toilet are up in the ceiling or near the ceiling on the wall. There's a red one and a blue one, and you shut off the entire bathroom. It kind of makes sense, but it's weird seeing it way up high. They had a duvet. I think that's what you call it. Um, Basically, that sprays water in your butt to clean it off. I didn't use it. I don't think anybody in that house used it because it was dry and, and, you know, it was just had dust on it. So, uh, and, and you could just tell they stacked towels around it with some shelving that would be impossible for you to be in the position that you would need to be in to use it. But it was weird that they had it. <laughs> um, I think what else, what else is weird about Spain? Uh, their air, their airplanes are hot. They talk in Spanish and, um, that's about it, I guess. Oh, some of the, the movie names were weird. Like they had uh, Despicable Me in the theater, but it was called Gru, which is the main character's name. Um, you know, the rest of them were translated, you know, into Spanish, but characters and stuff like that don't translate well, I guess. Ghostbusters, man, that was a weird one. I saw a DVD of it, a Blu-ray, and I can't even remember what it was called. Let me see if I can find it on my phone here. Um. <sighs> Oh, for for Max and stuff. Um, obviously, the euro is is more expensive than the dollar. So when you go to buy a Mac, the prices look the same, but they just translate them square over to the other side. Um, so if it's three hundred dollars here, it's going to be three hundred euros here, but it ends up being like four hundred uh, for us. So let me see. I'm looking. Oh, here's something funny I need to mention on Brokia is. Uh, on the wall in the school, there was an Asian kid. His name was Daniel Sun, <laughs> and he was a 10th grader. And I was like, how sucky would that be to be named Daniel Sun, <laughs> you know, from Karate Kid? They don't have ice cubes over there. They have ice uh, – they, they call them ice chunks or something because they're, they're like cylinders, long cylinders of ice that they just chop off, and they're huge, and they don't put very many in your drink. Um, trying to think ghost. Oh, the, they have an energizer bunny over there. He's pink. has a red nose. He's very cute. Okay. I'm going to try to read this. Um, ghostbusters over there is Kaz of phantasmus. <laughs> it looks like Christmas Kalamazoo and phantasma mixed together. Kaz of phantasmus. That's ghostbusters over there. Maybe I'll make that the show note link or image on the show notes at uh, gok.nlcast.com. Let me get out of here. Um, The trip back was pretty much the way it was over. It was hot, miserable, and uh, I was so glad to be home. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. If you want to read more about that, I'll have a link in the show notes to an article I did at Help, Help, I'm a Children's Pastor called My Spanish Missions Trip Experience. Uh, But thanks for hanging out with GOK here. This has been episode 25. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.